Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. You know, I've been thinking. I think Jack Doyle is pretty underrated right now. What do you What do you think, Travis? That's Travis the Beard. I'm gonna ignore that comment. Hey guys, what do you call a guy with a rubber toe? Uh oh, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all right, that one's decent. That's not <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I got some that. actual laughs out of that one. <laughs> I am John ADRP, average drafter, regardless of position, Hogue, and this is the Superflex <laughs> Super Show. Startup draft time, and we're going to talk about some ADP to help you get going on your startup drafts. Tell us a little bit more about what we're doing tonight, James. Yeah, absolutely. So we have some uh, ADP from uh, DLF. Uh, it's 2QB slash Superflex ADP. And we're going to be using that. We're going to highlight. Each one of us kind of took a round. We're going to highlight some guys that we would choose at their current ADP and some guys that we would refuse at their current ADP. So uh, we're going to go round by round and pick one guy in each round that we would choose slash Refuse. We're going to get as far as we can, uh, time permitting, John. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. It looks like we have – oh, look, who's uh, who's always starting us off? It's Travis, the, the, the <laughs> draft generator. Randomly yeah. goes first ev- on absolutely everything. Yeah, every time. You know, I'm I'm just going to roll with it. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I selected the draft order today, not James, and I made myself go first. That's right. Yep. Randomly. So That's why you ignored my Jack Doyle <laughs> comment. You, <laughs> son of a gun, you. So I got kind of a – I think I feel, I feel like I got shafted with the first round here because the choose is really – I mean, it's really any of these guys. Like most of the guys yeah. are, are going in the first <coughs> round deserve to go in the first round of a startup draft. Um but I went ahead and took a value approach here, and I went with David Johnson, who in this ADP, Superflex ADP, went 11th overall, um, which is just freaking nuts. I mean, this guy was the clear-cut 101, 102 last year, uh, and now you can get him at the 11th spot. So I'm all about that. David Johnson's awesome. Um the refuse i'm refusing and so this is even i don't know i I feel like i have to kind of explain this one a little bit too because it's mike evans and i don't hate mike evans i actually really like mike evans um but out of the 12 options available to me in the first round like i said they're all you know supremely talented guys um but he's going seventh overall as wide receiver four um and I, I, I just feel like there's a couple guys I'd take ahead of him, and that's really the only reason I, I put him here. It's hard to find a guy you do, absolutely don't want in the first round. So, I mean, he's going ahead of Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams. Um, he's kind of in that mix for sure. Um, I think I would take Thomas and – you know what? I might take all three of those guys over Mike Evans, honestly. Um, maybe not. It's close. But anyways, I mean, he's a beast, but he's always been I – mean, he's volume-dependent. And he's on a team that has these weapons around him that are rising in talent and opportunity. So I just I don't know that that volume is going to stick. He's never had a catch percentage above fifty five percent. 
Um, you know, we're kind of nitpicking here in the first round. It's hard to find a bunch of negatives about Mike Evans. I mean, he's pretty much a consensus top five to seven wide receiver in Dynasty. But, yeah, I mean, again, at the first round, kind of had to pick a guy, and so that that's what I went with. What do you guys think about uh, David Johnson and Mike Evans? I think so, it's interesting. I never pegged you as a Mike Evans hater. Go ahead, John. What do you think? <laughs> well, <laughs> my, I, I thought I prefaced yeah, I, I that enough, it. but apparently not. <laughs> Could have prefaced that all night, and and you were going to get that wrong. So, I what we need, what we all need to preface here, real quick. So, this is DLF um, average draft position data for a two QB league. Um, we're talking about super flex, but two QB is awfully close. Same and thing. to be totally honest, I mean that's what we had available to us. It's the same thing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it, it's not exactly, it is, but it's though. close. So the reason I bring that up though is because you know in this ADP we've got DeAndre Hopkins going first overall, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Brown. Before you finally get to a quarterback, Carson Wentz. And, you know, so the, the sixth overall pick is finally a quarterback, and it's not even, to me, it's not the number one quarterback. I've got him number two. Aaron Rodgers is is number nine overall, and uh, who's the guy who I've said all along should be the first overall pick in a super flex or two QB league. So, you know, while I don't have a problem with David Johnson being I mean I love David Johnson and I've got him as is my number one running back still I've still got him ahead of Todd Gurley I just remember what he did two years ago when he was healthy and he was un unreal but I mean for me the obvious choice is Aaron Rodgers because he should be going first overall and then as far as the refuse I mean anybody above Aaron Rodgers for me so that was that's kind of my take on it, I guess. What do you think, James? I, I like the the strategy that you kind of use, Travis. It's it's difficult with that first round, but David Johnson, you know, going eleventh overall and being the running back four, I have him ranked higher in my running back rankings. So I could say that you know I I don't mind that. I I'd probably choose. Uh, choose that value too as far as Mike Evans goes you brought up some pretty good points the problem with Mike Evans is it seems like that volume it has always been there even last year we heard a lot of good things about Chris Godwin Deshaun Jackson was coming in um, OJ Howard Cameron Brain. I mean they, they had all the same threats now I, I do agree that another year in the offense for all those threats could you know very well um, you know affect Mike Evans's target share but we haven't seen it yet, and so it's difficult to say that. But there are some names underneath there, and uh, Keenan Allen's probably the only guy I personally wouldn't take over him. But Michael Thomas I would. I think uh, I've, I've been very outspoken on how high I am on Michael Thomas. Devontae Adams I think I would uh, take over Mike Evans as well. So I don't I don't hate either one of these picks, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm on board with them. So he so as far as the targets, James, he went from 173 targets in 2016 to 136 last year. So there there was a pretty significant target drop off um, from 16 to 17. Yeah, I, I wonder though, just out of curiosity, do you have the data on what his targets were in 15? It seems like that 2016 174 targets is insane amount of volume like i don't know that that yeah anyone can expect so that 20, kind of 2015 was his second year he had 148 so still more than 12 more than last year yeah yeah i i suppose i suppose it, it it definitely went down you know from from one year to the other but i don't know that that i, I don't know i guess it'll be interesting to kind of see if that's a trend um, or if that was just kind of an outlier that uh, that it went down that significantly over one year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, either way, like I said, I still think I'm on board with it. There's a few guys underneath him. I think I would take over him, but I don't I'm, – I'm not – I think he goes within that range. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you, Travis. All right, I'm up, and the guy I'm going to choose in the second round is Cam Newton. He's uh, His average draft position is 20.4. And he's the quarterback five. 
And again, I mean, this just for me, it's just a matter of it. I don't even have a problem with quarterback five, but to me, quarterback five should be a first round pick, a late first round pick. And, you know, to see to see some of these guys going ahead of him, um, you know, for me, Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, both are guys who should not be going ahead of Cam Newton in a super flex league. There's a, a, you know, just a handful of these guys. Cam Newton should just be going a lot sooner, but all the quarterbacks should. So that's just kind of, that's why I chose to, to point out Cam Newton specifically. Um, Deshaun Watson, I could also make a case for him. He should be quite a bit early. He should for sure be a first round pick. And in most cases he is. And then my refuse is Alvin Kamara. And again, I mean, part of it is running backs going way too high in a super flex league. And that's number one. But number two, I mean, I I don't see a whole lot of volume for Alvin Kamara beyond, you know, the first four games of this 2018 season when Mark Ingram suspended. This has never been an offense for a bell cow workhorse running back. They've never allowed any guy to do that. So, and Alvin Kamara right now is being drafted at 12.4 is his, his uh, ADP in dynasty, Superflex dynasty. And he's a running back six and he's being drafted ahead of running backs like Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook, you know, Leonard Fournette guys who are actually going to get that volume I mean, I know that he was efficient last year. He's not going to be that forever. And the volume is just not going to be there. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I like uh, I like both of them. Uh, Cam Newton, like you said, quarterback five should probably go higher. I, I like Cam Newton in general. I think he can give you a lot of points, not only with his arm, but with his feet as well. They're surrounding him with more targets. I love the fact that they spent a first-round pick on DJ Moore to bring him in. Uh, Greg Olson coming back, signing a two-year contract, I think is huge for him too. He also still has Devin Funches and Christian McCaffrey that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And, you know, they did replace Jonathan Stewart with C.J. Anderson. So just looking at his weapons around him, I, I think they improved his weapons, and I think his numbers should go up. He's young enough to be valuable for a long time. So, yeah, I really like that one. And then as far as Alvin Kamara goes, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's if you're buying him right now as running back six, you are buying him at his absolute ceiling. And I'm I'm totally against doing that with any player, you know, if you don't have to, and I don't think you would have to at this point of the draft. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think I would uh, I would touch Kamara there either. I do agree that his his efficiency numbers were insane last year. I mean, absolutely insane. If you, I mean, they're, they're, it's just not going to happen again. It's it's I don't think any running back has had that type of efficiency in back to back years. And so. I, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that that's that's not going to happen again. Um, so unless his volume increases significantly, I don't know that he increases his numbers. And if he doesn't, then I don't think he's worth going at running back six. So um, yeah, I, I like both those two, Joe. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm o- I'm okay with I'm okay with both of those. Honestly, I don't I don't really have nice. much to add. So <laughs> wow, oh, all right, wow. off to a good okay. start. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and run with it. I think he doesn't have much to add because he's he's waiting for me, and I'm I'm next here with the third round. And uh, yeah, man, my here ADP, we go. <laughs> You're gonna my, get it from two sides, I think. My yeah, all right. Well, here's my my ADP choose is Kirk Cousins. He's going 34th overall as quarterback 11. Look, Kirk Cousins. If you look at his career, I'm looking at the three years that he started. Okay, his career completion percentage is 65.5. He's thrown over 4,000 yards the last three seasons. He's averaged 27 touchdown passes to 12 interceptions the past three years. He's got a 62.76 QBR average for those three years. So when you look at those numbers, I I only see room for growth, to be honest with you, because he's going into, he's never had the weapons that he's going to have in Minnesota. He's going to, if Delvin Cook is healthy with Kyle Rudolph and Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, he's going to have a ton of weapons to improve those numbers. Um, he'll be playing in a dome. I, I just, there's everything surrounding Kirk Cousins to me just screams that he should be higher than the QB 11. Um, he, this guy isn't a low end starting quarterback. I, I, I don't believe so. I think he's a top five 
dynasty assets, so I, I don't. I would definitely choose him going at quarterback eleven, getting him thirty fourth overall in the third round. I would. I would definitely take him. And here's why I think I'm going to get some flack is my ADP, ADP refuse, and that's Andrew Luck. He's going twenty sixth overall at quarterback seven. Look, I'm just going to shoot you the numbers from when Luck was healthy. He had he had uh, uh, four seasons where he played um, where he played the majority of games. I think one of them he played 13, 1, 15, and two sixteen. So his career completion percentage in those years was fifty nine point two percent. He did throw for over four thousand yards in three of the four uh, full years that he played. He averaged twenty nine touchdowns and fourteen point seven five interceptions over those four full years. So compared to Cousins, he had two more touchdowns and two point seven five more interceptions. His QBR was a sixty one point one five average. Guys, those numbers are not better than Kirk Cousins over the years that he started. Now, I, I get it. There's circumstances and there's there's other things that you have to take into account there. But even if Luck comes back fully healthy, he is ready to go, his weapons aren't very good. I mean, I, you got T.Y. Hilton, you have Eric Ebron, and then just a bunch of unproven guys that they're just going to try to throw out there and, and, and make something happen. I still don't know that the offensive line is good enough to protect him. They've, they've definitely used some capital to try to fix it, but I still don't know that it's good enough. I'm still worried. I'm worried that if Andrew Luck does come back and he is 100%, I still think they ease him into action. And even if they don't, I still don't know that the weapons around him are going to be good enough for him to uh, return QB7 numbers this year. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it, and I'm sure I'm going to catch some flack. So go ahead, guys. I'm actually going to start with Kirk Cousins because, I mean, on paper it feels like quarterback 11 is really low. And again, I mean, we have to just kind of start with just kind of the baseline understanding that quarterbacks in this ADP are just all way too low. All of them across the board should go much earlier than they are. So I'm looking at Kirk Cousins just up against the other quarterbacks kind of in that range. And quarterback 11 feels low until you see the guys who are ahead of him when you see Matthew Stafford, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff. You know, these are these are guys who are who are going to be the focal point of their offense. And I don't I don't believe that that's going to be the case with Kirk Cousins, at least not in 2018. I mean, when's the last time we saw a a free agent quarterback join a new team and, you know, just immediately make that kind of an impact? You know, it takes a little time to learn a new system and to gel with your with your wide receivers and I I don't think that there's I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to come right out of the gate and I don't think they want him to. I think it's going to start with Dalvin Cook. So that's actually the one that I did I really wanted to to go after you on. I know how you feel about Andrew Luck and I get it. Uh I and I mean I it really is kind of a how much risk can you stomach with him because you're right. I mean, you know, there's injury stuff. He's dealt with that his entire career, you know, not even set aside what he's got going on with his shoulder right now. Set that aside. But then, and then this just isn't a very good roster. He doesn't have very good weapons. I'm not, a, I'm not worried about that. I mean, I think that he's done more with less, but you know, I, I can definitely understand anybody being risk averse when it comes to that stuff. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I guess my thing that I will say, though, is that there's got to be something said for what Kirk Cousins has proven. In my eyes, he's, he's like I said, his last three seasons, he's passed for over 4,000 yards every year. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota has been in the league three years. He's never done it. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff obviously has never done it. So we're, I mean, I'm not going to take potential over a guy who's still young enough to put up these types of numbers for the next five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, so I, to me, that's where I really feel like he's a value there. He should be going ahead of guys, in my opinion, that are like that. You're swinging for upside with those guys and potential, but if they don't hit that upside or potential, boy, you're going to feel really silly when you passed over a guy who has shown that he can do it and has done it for three straight seasons. So 
that's the reason why I think I think Cousins is a little bit more of a value. Uh, but I could definitely see, depending on how much risk you want to put out there or how high you are on the potential of those guys, why you would say that. So I, I think we're in a different boat, but I could see why. Uh, why we're kind of we have a different view on that so yeah that it is it does end up being the exact same disconnect on both of these guys because you know I I view Kirk Cousins as you know he he was in the situation that I feel like Andrew Luck is in now he was in that situation in Washington where you know he was again he was a focal point of the offense you know they're they're defense hasn't been real good for the entire you know for his entire career and they haven't been real good at running the ball they just it's just kind of been Kirk Cousins go out there and throw the ball around you know and uh and I don't think that's going to be the case in Minnesota I think that they're on a completely different program which is manage the game don't lose it for us don't make those stupid mistakes because we've had too many of those gunslinger quarterbacks who, you know, who can't win the Super Bowl because they can't get their brain out of the way. And and I think that that's what they're looking for for Kirk Cousins is to, just to be the guy who, you know, that steady hand that gets you there and gets it done without without being the reason that you don't, you know. And I think that sure. so. I think they're going to force feed Dalvin Cook. I think you know, obviously Cousins is going to throw the ball, but I I just I don't know what kind of production you're really going to get out of him. I don't know that you're really going to get splash plays all that much. This team is built for defense and running the ball, and I think that's what they're going to do. So. Well, and and you know what that I I really John I I felt the same way uh, with a lot of it I I thought immediately my initial thought when Kirk Cousins landed there was that that was going to be the case but I I'm starting to to change that a little bit only because I mean I'm looking at six games he has to play in his division mm-hmm. I see a high powered Detroit Lions team that I think can score points against anyone I see a Green Bay Packers team that as long as they have Aaron Rodgers you're going to have to outscore them and I see a Bears offense that I see I think takes major steps forward this year so I think they may have to score more than they did last year as good as that defense is and was I think they may have to score a little bit more this year now I think the great part about Delvin Cook is, A, he'll always be involved in the game plan because he can do everything. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's really good at running the ball. So I do feel like Delvin Cook is going to be force-fed the ball. So I agree with you there. But I also feel like based off of if they can run the ball that well, play action is going to be a huge part of it. And I could see some big splash plays. But uh, I, I, I could see what you're saying. I mean, if that defense is anything near what they were last year and they're shutting offenses down, Kirk Cousins may not have the volume um, that, that he was you know accustomed to in Washington. So I understand some of the concerns uh, with that and the new team. So, yeah, definitely something to, to, to consider. I still think QB 11 is too low, though. Yeah. So I guess uh, my, my last word on this, um, I mean, you can definitely rebuke it if you want, but my last word on this is if Kirk Cousins is getting a high volume of passing yards, then things are not going well in Minnesota. The defense isn't doing what it's supposed to do. The running game isn't doing what it's supposed to do. And the Vikings are are not the Super Bowl contender that, that everybody right now thinks that they are. And if that's the case, then, you know, you just, you just gave Kirk Cousins $84 million guaranteed dollars to get you to the Super Bowl and if he's throwing the ball a lot I mean first of all you're not getting there and second of all now all of a sudden you know it's time to change the dynamics of the makeup of this team because there's a lot of of money committed to a position that you don't particularly want to use all that much so I mean I'm definitely putting some words into the mouths of of the Vikings higher ups here but I mean, the, just the blueprint for the Vikings is is not for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball. And if he is, if he has to, then things aren't going well. And, you know, this, this roster is going to look a lot different in 2019, which, again, could affect Kirk Cousins, I think. I mean, at some point, that, that his contract is going to catch up to them. 
Holy hell, can I can I talk for a second? Jeez, Louise. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm not as uh I'm not as much of a cousins hater as John, and I'm definitely pro Andrew Luck. Um so I don't know. Basically, I like Kirk Cousins. I like the situation that he's gone into. I like the weapons. Uh I think he is undervalued. But I also think comparing him to Andrew Luck is kind of silly because Andrew Luck is awesome. So uh, as far as those those three seasons you were comparing jo- or James, that's really the only thing that I was looking up here um, was total fantasy point finishes as far as the QB position. Um, so Kirk, Kirk Cousins... 2015, 2016, 2017 were those three years you were referring to with him as the starter. He finished as QB8, QB5, QB6, which are all fantastic. I mean, those are completely respectable numbers. I want that guy on my fantasy team for sure. Um, but Kurt, or Andrew Luck, um, in 2013, 2014, 2016, are the three seasons you were referring to where he started 16 games. He finished QB4, QB2, QB4. Um, and then he, the other four, the fourth year you were referring to was his rookie year in which he finished QB nine, his rookie year. Um, so, I mean, that's really, I don't think it really needs to go much farther than that. I mean, this guy has shown the upside to be an elite option, uh, at, at the position and cousins has done very, very, very well for himself. And he has proven that he is absolutely a, a good starter in this league and a good starter for fantasy, but I still, just think the upside is with Andrew Luck, and that's where I would place my bet. So that that's my whole. I'm I'm done talking. Okay, yeah, and really? I, I think that's we, you, you, you brought up some really good points there. Podcast, if you want, I mean, I'll talk a little bit more I, in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like I just proved that you can you can talk really as long as you want. You really really you can. really can, John. You really and can talk just until a lot. you run out of breath, and then that's <laughs> that's when I suggest stopping for a second. John, why don't you tell Travis us a little bit more about how the <laughs> dynamic and the makeup of the Vikings projects forward for the next two years? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest, that one is such sour grapes for me, and I, uh, for a lot of reasons, and we'll have to get to it another time. But yeah, it it, it comes out, and I find ways to to make it sound good, but the reality is, I just I'm annoyed by the Vikings. I'm annoyed. Is that because by, they got I, cousins and and the Broncos didn't? No, it's because they cast away Case Keenum and enacted like. He didn't do anything for them oh. when he's the when he got them to the and they they keep talking about how bad he is and you know how how and the, now you're stuck with the guy I, yeah, happily so by the way yeah well for the record the Redskins have pretty much done the same thing with Cousins when they said that Alex Smith is an upgrade at the quarterback position yeah. that that's kind of yep. a that's that's ridiculous that one's even well let's move on guys uh travis has got the fourth round and there's some interesting names on there i kind of want to hear him go over oh i guess i do so all right so fourth round superflex adp my the guy i'm going to choose here is Jameis winston uh who is going 39th overall qb 14 um i agree with john and this adp i i think all these quarterbacks should be a little higher um, it's just crazy to think that you can get Jameis Winston in the fourth round of a super flex startup draft. It, I mean, that's that's so that's insane. Um, anyway, so basically, I think the the hate has gone too far on this guy. Um, I think it's so. There's recency bias here for sure. He missed three games last year. Um, he was hampered for more games than that. Uh, his his total fantasy points were down. So he's got this negative connotation, but he actually had he's had, he so in 2017 Jameis Winston had his highest completion percentage, his lowest interception percentage, his highest yards per attempt and adjusted yards per attempt and adjusted net yards per attempt and his highest quarterback rating throughout his entire 3-year career. So from a st- statistical and efficiency standpoint, he's played his best football last year 
yet you can get them as, at a significant discount compared to even 12 months ago. Um, so that's my case for Winston. Derek Carr is my player that I'm refusing in the fourth round. I just I don't think he's all that great. I think he's overhyped. Um, so a comparison with those same kind of stats, last year Derek Carr had his lowest yardage total, his lowest touchdown total, lowest yards per attempt, adjusted yards per attempt, his lowest yards per game, his lowest um, quarterback rating since his rookie year. Um, and he had his highest interception percentage of his entire career. Um, and now he's got, I mean, you could say this is recency bias too and chalk it up to that. But now he goes into into 2018 and he's got fewer weapons than he did last year. And he's got John Gruden and his 1970s offense. I just, I don't know. I don't see the upside with Derek Carr. Uh <laughs> So, I mean, you guys can make the case if you want. I'm willing to listen. But, man, I am definitely not targeting Derek Carr in uh, as my QB2 in Superflex leagues. So I don't have a huge problem with Derek Carr where he's at. Um, I, I, I don't have a problem with you refusing him. Uh, I guess for me, I mean, maybe I'll let James go first because I just I'm, – I'm more curious about how – you know, you're okay with Pat Mahomes at quarterback 12. And that's, you know, Derek Carr at quarterback 15 is is more glaring. I I honestly thought about Mahomes here. Okay, Um, fair enough. But, yeah, I mean, it really is, I wanted to make a point about Carr. And when you compare the two offenses side by side, I mean, you can't, I mean, it's really, (laughs) you really can't. (laughs) I mean, the Kansas City offense versus the Oakland offense is like, I mean, you're comparing apples and oranges at that point. Yeah. So it's hard to argue against the upside of Mahomes. I get, I get why people are passionate about the upside. I don't know that I'd make that bet at QB 12, but yeah, Derek Carr is mainly, I wanted to make a point about Derek Carr more than anything else. And John Gruden in his seventies offense. Exactly. You yeah. just wanted to you just wanted to say that line. And I get it. It's a good line. I'm good with it. Well, I all right, I tell you what, guys. Uh, I'm not buying any Raiders, Derek Carr included. Um, I think that whole team's a mess and I want no part of it. Uh, if there's anyone I'm gonna buy, it's gonna be somebody with a super late ADP, like a Doug Martin or someone that's going in like the, the ninth or tenth round that you know, if if it doesn't work out I don't feel so bad about. Um it's hard to it's hard to do that though. I mean, especially with Superflex getting a quarterback in the fourth round that you feel decent about. But I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'll, I'll go to Jameis Winston too. I'm not buying either of them to be totally honest. And if I was to choose one of these two, it would be Winston. I, I would ha- I would take Winston over Carr for sure. But my my thing is, is I think sometimes in these leagues we value youth. Uh, an awful lot and to me Jameis Winston hasn't proven to be a quarterback one or the ability to be a a fantasy QB one there's some aging options out there that I would rather have and even if in the next two or three years I got to try to use a draft pick uh, a higher draft pick or or make a move to get a younger quarterback I'll do it at that point but I would rather I mean they're he's uh not a QB one he's going at QB 14 yeah but I I don't see the the potential for him to be stats that I just said James well, there those those stats were something, but I've got some. I could look up some stats on guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers that are going later that I would much rather have because I know what they can do, even though it's going to be for a limited amount of time. So oh, that's on. why I'm not going to buy either of those guys. All right, let's look at round five real quick, where I'm choosing Doug Baldwin. I got to be honest, guys. I here's the hot take on Seattle. I think they're going to be good. I think this offense is going to be really good. And I, you know, even though they lost Jimmy Graham, they lost Paul Richardson and didn't do a whole lot to replace him. The backfield is still a mess. Now it's Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. But I think that Russell Wilson to Doug Baldwin is going to be one of the most prolific combinations in the entire league. Doug Baldwin has has already been, you know, he's, he's been by far their number one option and now Jimmy Graham's gone Paul Richardson's gone maybe Tyler Lockett takes a step whatever but I mean the focal point of this offense is 
going to continue to be Russell Wilson to Doug Baldwin. He's already had a, a target share of, of a minimum of 20% over the last three years. And, I mean, it's just going to increase, and I think that they're going to be fine. And Doug Bal- right now Doug Baldwin is going at an ADP of 57.2. He's a wide receiver, 21. Man, I think this time next year we're going to be talking about him as a top 10 type of guy, an easy number one wide receiver for your fantasy team. And so I'm absolutely taking him in the fifth round if he's still there. And I'm refusing Jarvis Landry. He's going right now at 50.2 for his ADP. Wide receiver 17. He's going ahead of Corey Davis. He's going ahead of uh, Sammy Watkins, Doug Baldwin, of course, um, Josh Gordon, Alshon Jeffrey. These are all guys who are just going to absolutely smoke Jarvis Landry, partly because Jarvis Land. So <laughs> I was listening to Dynasty Blueprint with, uh, with RB Scout, Adam Spinks, and he, he called Jarvis Landry kind of an extended running back. And to me, that's the perfect term for <laughs> what Jarvis Landry does. It's a long handoff, very minimal yardage, the touchdowns aren't always going to be there, and especially in an offense that's run primarily by Tyrod Taylor, at least for this year, there's just there's not going to be a whole lot for Jarvis Landry to do. Tyrod Taylor doesn't throw to the slot. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't throw a lot, anyways, and definitely not very effectively. Yeah, I I have no use for Jarvis Landry even in the fourth round, fifth round. It's interesting. I tell you what, I'm I'm just going to tackle Doug Baldwin here, and I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I Doug Baldwin is wide receiver 21. That's a low end wide receiver too. There's no way Doug Baldwin should be going that late because I mean a lot of the points that you already brought up, but his target share should be huge. I mean, there's nobody else really there that you can consistently rely on to pass the ball to. There's not that red zone blanket that you had with Jimmy Graham. So I really feel like this team, whether they're good or not, because I, I kind of feel like this team might be playing catch up, mainly because that defense, man, it's that defense look like it needs work. Um, so I, I think offensively they're going to have to throw the ball an awful lot, and I think that's really going to benefit Doug Baldwin big time. I, I like the, uh, the the ADP choose here for you. Uh, I would choose Doug Baldwin at that that ADP as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think you hit that one out of the ballpark, John. So my only comment here is I think his value might mainly be depressed because of his age. I mean, this is going to be his age 30 season. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and fifth round for an age for a 30 year old receiver, I don't think is all that bad. I like Doug Baldwin, but what are you going to get out of him? Two years, maybe? I mean, and he's never finished as an elite option. So I don't know that the upside's really there for, you know, a top six performance or anything. Um, I mean, I definitely would. I would definitely draft Doug Baldwin in the fifth round, but I think that's maybe where the concern stems from. Is you know he's he's an end of the career type player who's never shown elite upside. I the one thing that I'll say about that though, AJ Green is wide receiver twelve, going in the third round. He's also shown elite thirty upside. years old. I mean, yeah, he hasn't shown elite upside. He hasn't shown top five upside, but he's been top 10 and just missed wide receiver one in a you know a fairly down year and i in i mean again back to aj green i mean very similar situation but the difference is his quarterback is worse you know and they're starting to put together a few more yeah but aj green is better but the, I mean, but the quarterback play still matters. I mean, if I'm just comparing another 30-year-old here, and I'm just saying Doug Baldwin is in a better situation than A.J. Green at the same age. I'm not saying that Doug Baldwin's better, but I'm saying I'm, I'm just saying that he's in a better situation. So the fact that he's a full two ra- going a full two rounds later than A.J. Green kind of debunks the age thing to me 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, but A.J. Green has had two seasons where he finished as a top five wide receiver. He had a wide receiver three and a wide receiver four a year. Yeah, when was that? How long ago? 12 and 13. Okay, so, I mean, we're in 2018. But still, they're both the same age. You can't use that as... I mean, I get it. I'm not going to argue with you anymore. We need to move on. <laughs> I, I'm all about I'm all about Doug Baldwin in the fifth, so I don't really have a problem with it. I just think, you know, there yeah. there's a there's reasons why he's going that late. Yeah, they're just wrong, but that's that's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, I'm, I'm I tackled around six here, and my uh, choose was Philip Rivers. Uh, he's going 63rd overall. He's quarterback 20 off the board. Philip Rivers, I know he's older. I know he's an aging prospect, but personally, the way the way I'm drafting, I'm going to have two quarterbacks in my first five rounds. So if I can get Philip Rivers as my third quarterback in a super flex league in the sixth round, I probably don't have to address that position for a long time. Not to mention the fact that someone, a quarterback needy team, is going to end up coming to me for a guy like Philip Rivers, a guy who you know can 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 be an elite talent at that that position for the next two three years and i the the great thing about philip rivers too is that you look at his supporting cast when keenan allen went down he still was fantasy relevant when uh you know when the weapons go down around him you know he's still when you you look at his cast and it's just you know a a bunch of castaways or receivers you've never heard of philip rivers is still putting up you know qb 12 to qb 14 type numbers which is perfect in superflex he's very safe the hunter henry injury doesn't doesn't derail me from his hype train i really like getting him as quarterback 20 i think that that's that's a good value for him Um, my my refuse here is mark ingram he's going 64th overall as running back 18 uh, this uh, take the suspension out of it because the four game suspension, while it while it does carry some weight, obviously, um, I, I my reasons are are purely purely futuristic because I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at this is probably his last year in New Orleans. I mean, the writing's on the wall. It doesn't look like the Saints have any interest in resigning him, even though Mark Ingram's already unhappy that he doesn't have a contract extension there. Uh, I I think. This is this is his last year probably in New Orleans, and we see what happens to these aging vacs that hit hit free agency. A lot of them don't do so well. I mean, you, you saw C.J. Anderson did end up landing on his feet, but I mean, he was a guy. He's he's going to be younger than Ingram too, with a lot less uh, wear and tear on him too. Uh, but it, it took him a while to find a spot. Uh, you know, Jonathan Stewart goes to the Giants, and it looks like he's going to be part of you know. <laughs> part of a committee to back up Saquon Barkley. I mean, a lot of these veterans don't end up doing so well on the free agent market. And with a lot of these incoming rookie running backs being so good, I don't know that Mark Ingram finds a job where he's he can hope for or expect anything more than maybe a timeshare role. So I'm, I'm not taking him at running back 18 at all. I wouldn't take him till probably running back 28 or 30. So I'm, I'm pretty low on him. But uh, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. What do you guys think? No, I'm on board with both of these. I love Philip Rivers at that at that price. I mean, that's that's a great, you know, quarterback two super flex type of guy. And to get him that late is just unreal to me. Um Mark Ingram, I I love Mark Ingram for twenty eighteen, but like you said, I mean, beyond that, you can't you can't even assume that you're gonna get anything for him. He might not even land on another roster. He might not even get another contract after 2018. So in the sixth round, I'd way rather take a guy who, you know, actually has a chance for some type of long-term viability, even if Mark Ingram is going to be good in 2018. Yeah, I'm on board with both of these two, man. I don't like disparaging the name of Mark Ingram. I think he's been criminally underrated for years, but you're right. He's, he's, at that age and point in his career where he might not have very many jobs moving forward, especially, I mean, when you throw in the suspension this year, I mean, I'm less comfortable with him in 2018, obviously, than I was a couple weeks ago. Um, Who knows what his role is going to be when he does come back from that suspension. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Mark Ingram. I think he's a good player. I think he probably has a job for a couple more years somewhere but i mean his days as an rb1 i think are are pretty numbered so i'm not going to invest in that in the sixth round and then obviously philip rivers 
is 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 and has been for years a, a huge super flex value. So I'm on board with that. All right, so I'm back from the bathroom. And I've got round seven. <laughs> they didn't even know that till you said <laughs> this isn't why. Uh, all right, you brought round yeah, seven. Yeah. Huh? Explain right. how podcasts work. <laughs> oh, we're not live. You been, this isn't you a live show. You could have been in the bathroom for days, and they would have they would have never known. Like you, it could have been some kind of medical emergency. And I they thought I was know. on. I thought I was on the radio. Is that not yeah. how this? No. All right, so no, my my in the bathroom my round seven choose is Big Ben. He's going eighty two overall as QB twenty six, and I have besmirched the name of Big Ben before, but man, that's a glaring value to me. I, I, even if he's only got two years for, I mean, the numbers that he puts out to get him in round seven in a super flex league, I mean. That's just silly nonsense to me. Um, my yeah. round seven refuse is Demarius Thomas. And you might think, whoa, round seven, that's a crazy value for Demarius Thomas. But mm-hmm. I don't – I just don't want him. I, <laughs> I think that he is 30 years old and he is one of these wide receivers that's always won. He's always won in the NFL by being big and fast. He's not a technician. He doesn't have great hands. Uh, he he fits the wide receiver archetype that falls off really really fast. Uh, and I mean, so like his best comparable player on player fo- profiled his best comparable player on playerprofiler.com is Andre Johnson, and that's exactly who I think he is. I mean, Andre Johnson fell off a cliff dude and i don't want andre johnson on my team when he falls off the cliff uh i think that i mean he's got a qb upgrade this year sure um but i I think he's at the tail end of his career i think emmanuel sanders is the receiver to own in this new denver offense i think he's the thielen uh to the digs in this case keenum offense as far as i I think he's a better route runner i think he's going to Separate, and I think Case Keenum is going to target Emmanuel Sanders. And I just, I even if, even if Thomas has a decent year, which is absolutely possible, I think that you're nobody's going to want Demarius Thomas on their dynasty teams in, you know, twelve to twenty-four months. Not to mention he's probably going to be cut next year. Mm, I don't know about that. Okay, Mr. Cortland Sutton, why don't you give us the the info on <laughs> I love the, Cortland Sutton. the Denver so the Denver wide receiver core here? Why am I wrong about Demarius Thomas? Well, I mean, the talk is you can move Demarius Thomas into the slot. Yeah, BS, man. He doesn't. Okay, sorry. Why, why not? I'm I mean, control it for Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, because Larry Fitzgerald is a technician, and he is <laughs> he is a master of his craft. Demarius Ugh. Thomas, come on, dude. Ooh. Demarius Thomas is not that guy. Demarius Thomas it could absolutely be that guy. I think that he would work very well in the slot, personally. But I also I don't know that you even need to do that. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the first one out of here. His contract makes the least sense for this team. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a chance that he moves on, but for the – in the meantime, I mean, look at what he did the last time he had a competent quarterback. It doesn't even have to be a good quarterback. Just competent quarterback play. I mean, he hasn't even had that. And he's still gone for, you know, what, 90, 100 catches a year, something like that. Like, even you can point to the drops, but he's still he's still catching, you know, 100 a hundred balls and going for over a thousand yards. And he's, he's been doing that with Trevor Simeon and Brock Osweiler and all kinds of crap. He did that with Tim Tebow at one point. So, I mean, now you get an upgrade, you get Case Keenum, man. I, I, even if Demarius isn't on this roster beyond 2018, just what you're going to get from him in 2000, in 2018 with Case Keenum, you know, finally a, a, a competent quarterback throwing to him 
is going to be more than worth what you have to pay to get him. Also, Andre Johnson is a national treasure, and he beat the crap out of Cortland Finnegan with a combination of left hooks and right hooks, and it was amazing. So let's back off of him too. That's fine. So (laughs) all of those examples that you gave before were not when Demarius Thomas was 30 years old. Well, I mean, he hasn't done anything as a 30-year-old. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so so but, how, was mean, his, he, how was his 29-year-old season? It was as good as could be expected with Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch throwing you the ball. Mm. I mean, it was worse than the year before, and they had the same quarterbacks then. Uh, but they didn't play worse. They played worse in 2017. Okay, that's they were clearly absolute. a that's clearly a, a, not an objective opinion. I mean, that's that's pretty. I, I mean, that's pretty subjective. They played worse. Yeah, they were horrible in 2017. Sure. That's my point. Is that these guys are are especially Thomas, just based on what type of receiver he is. He's on his. I mean, he's on the way out of the NFL, man. That's it, that's fine. I mean, at 30 years old, you start to lower your expectations for these guys anyways. But again, I mean, my thing is just what you're going to get from him in 2018. Now that he's finally got reasonable quarterback play, makes that makes him worth the ADP right there. So you think he's going to have a better statistical year than he did in 2017? Yes. That's 83 receptions for 950 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, he'll top that. Every I'll bet, one of those I'll bet you twenty that. bucks he doesn't have a thousand yard season. Okay, well, thousand yard. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll do that. All right, deal. Nice. All right, we got a bet. We got to start keeping track of. We all got these. a bet. Well, <laughs> we got to make a, a Google Doc a here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need we need a bet log going on. There's no doubt. Um, yeah, so real quick, my two cents, I'm not going to say too much more about the Demarius Thomas thing, but I will say that even if he does get cut, I don't see that being too detrimental. I still think a player with his skill set, what he's done uh, off the field, being, a, a you know, by all accounts, a, an excellent teammate, a good locker room presence, a guy like that, I think either way he's going to come in. I mean, Baltimore just offered Des Bryant a multi-year deal. Uh, so a guy like a guy like Demarius Thomas is still going to find a role into an offense. Um, to me, even if he does get cut, I still feel like his value will be will be decent. If anything, it could even get higher. Could you imagine him playing opposite Ty with a healthy Andrew Luck? If that happens, I mean that could be uh, that could be that, perfect. That's for your him. argument. Anyways, James uh, the Brain is basing his Demarius Thomas argument on an uh, on a healthy Andrew Luck. <laughs> oh no 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 i i don't he's, know i don't know if you didn't got, hear what i said he's previous got the same but career I, trajectory as des bryant i think that strengthens my case oh i certainly didn't say he did my my point is is that if des bryant is getting multi-year deals demarius thomas would definitely get multi-year deals because he's better didn't um, jordy so that's, nelson that's get kind a of the point deal? i was making i think Where's jordy nelson going in drafts yeah, oh, absolutely. That's just it. If Jordy Nelson can do it, you but don't think Demarius Thomas is going to My point is Thomas I don't want Jordy Nelson either. Don't offers? Well, yeah, I'm just saying I, you're saying that Demarius Thomas might be cut. Well, I don't see how that's a bad thing. He could still find fantasy that's relevance. Fine, he's going to because he's going to be in is, demand. So I don't understand how that's Nelson, a negative. Where does like, Jordy Nelson's dynasty me. value right now? Just because he has a job in the NFL on a team does not mean that he is a dynasty asset worth owning. I don't want Jordy Nelson on my team. Oh, absolutely, either. absolutely. No, okay, that's and and that's fine. But you know, you're you're saying that Jordy Nelson you don't want right now because <coughs> he went from Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball to Oakland. If it was the opposite, if a receiver went from Oakland and was going to be a starting receiver for Aaron Rodgers, I think that would make a case for him to be much more fantasy valuable and a guy who I would look at wanting. So I'm just saying, Demarius Thomas being cut isn't a bad thing for his fantasy value it could be a good thing so i i that's my only point with that yeah i don't um, know as man. far as jordy's big ben goes 32. i love I mean, that's that my pick. whole point is jordy's guys these guys, these guys are not going guy to with gain value knees. they're not going to gain value none of these guys because it's dynasty 
and these guys are in their 30s. They're never ever going to gain value ever again. They're done gaining value. They are just it's straight down. Nah. From the seventh round, he it's can absolutely dynasty gain football. Value no way, that. dude. No way. Yeah, absolutely, he can. Nope. Jordy Nelson gained value at 30 years old. I don't. I don't know that that's true. I mean, he hasn't had yeah. a good year. I, I mean, he he in 2016, he was a top five wide receiver, definitely top ten. I think he was right, top but five. he was in dynasty though. He was still not being drafted highly. I mean, he was a first round redraft pick two years ago. Sure. Uh, he still was in dynasty, but what no I'm saying way. is. After the season that he had at 30 years old in 2016, I and I don't have the ADP in front of me to back this up, but I'm willing to bet you that he gained value at 30 years old because of the season that he had in 2016 guess, with Aaron Rodgers. I guess that's, I guess so. <laughs> okay, but, but it's I possible. Mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, but Thomas, dude. I don't. He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. First of all, like that's the argument you're making. But and, he might because remember he's going to get cut, right? So I mean, if he oh does get God. cut, he might have Aaron Rodgers. All right, guys, I'm done. We'll we'll just see. How about that? <laughs> I got twenty bucks writing on it already, so we'll just yeah. we'll just move okay. on. Okay, my turn then, and I've got round eight. I'm choosing Tevin Coleman. Partly because this is a, I I kind of have a feeling this is going to be a rough Atlanta Falcons offense, and that they're going to need to run the ball quite a bit uh, to make up for. Apparently, there's uh, there's some discontent with Julio Jones, and uh, I don't know how long that's going to play out. But anyways, I'm just I'm looking for a lot of volume for Atlanta backs in general. I think that we all three kind of agree that Devontae Freeman has a hard time staying healthy. Won't call him injury prone, but I mean, it's it's concussions too, which, you know, start to pile up on you. So there could be an opportunity here for Tevin Coleman and beyond 2018, he becomes a free agent and I could see him moving on to a very, very good situation elsewhere. And I'm going to refuse Jamison Crowder just because I... Man, at this point, I want nothing to do with the Redskins' offense. I've I've probably ragged on Jason on Jamison Crowder enough on this podcast at this point, and Alex Smith as well. But the combination of the two is just absolutely dreadful. Jamison Crowder still hasn't done anything to this point. I'm done waiting on him, and even at an ADP of ninety four point eight, wide receiver number thirty three. I still just want nothing to do with him there. So I I don't I, I I yeah, I totally I totally disagree on Jameson Crowder. We've talked about that. I like Jameson Crowder. Um I definitely draft him in round eight. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um I'm on board with your Tevin Coleman take. I'm, if you can still get him in the eighth round, I, I mean the upside is there and I think maybe even over the next couple months he he probably goes up in ADP because I think the the hype is going to start to build with you know all of a sudden everybody's going to start remembering that that he's a, a free agent next year and so yeah yeah if you can still get him in the eighth round I, I think that that is definitely a value five round jump that's what I'm predicting by this time next year he'll be a third Sheesh. third rounder at the minimum so that's basically you're you're saying he's next year is Jarek McKinnon correct yeah. Although I think he's better than Jarek McKinnon, so yeah, I mean, I think he could actually rise above that even. In a total, what, 180 here, Travis and I are on the same page on this one because I agree with everything Travis said. I I like Jameson Crowder more than, than you do, John. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I'm cute. good with the Tevin Coleman thing too, so. Yeah. All right, so round nine, I'll, I'll be finishing, finishing us off here uh, by doing uh, round nine. And so my ADP choose was Nelson Aguilar. He's going uh, 101 overall Love as it. wide receiver 39. And, man, Aguilar really had a breakout season last year. I mean, he had 95 targets. 
He ended up with eight touchdowns, which concerns me because a lot of his fantasy value came from those touchdowns, and he's only a six-foot, about 200-pound guy, so he's not a huge red zone guy. Uh, but he did have 768 yards, which was a huge improvement over his first two years. But here's here's the thing that really opened my eyes. Nelson Aguilar's catch rate, his 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 rookie year was 52.3%. Next, the next season was 52.2%, and then this last year, it went up to 65.3%. That told me that, he obviously, he's he's more comfortable in this offense. He knows where to be. He's getting on the same page with Carson Wentz, um, and they're getting more comfortable working together, which really is the main reason for this for me, <clears throat> is that I think Aguilar is starting to learn this offense and learn where he's supposed to be and, and that sort of thing with them being comfortable <clears throat> with each other, I think that's that's uh, that's huge for Nelson Aguilar and his ADP. I really like him. I think they're getting him the ball uh, in in good uh, good positions too for him to actually do some stuff uh, with with the catch that he's getting. So I'm buying Nelson Aguilar there. I think wide receiver 39 is criminally low for him. Uh, my refuse is Devontae Parker. He's going 100 overall, one spot ahead of Nelson Aguilar as wide receiver 38. Devontae Parker's numbers, man, they're really interesting. So he's been in the year, uh, he's been in the league rather for three years, and over those three years, his target, his targets have gone up each, each year. Um, so that's that's kind of a good trend, right? But when you look, he last year when you look at his targets, they went up uh, a, a decent amount from eighty-seven to ninety-six. So nine targets, he ended up having one more reception off those nine targets. And he ended up with 74 yards less um, than he did the year previously. So his yards per catch were down. Um, You look at his numbers, he's never had more than four touchdowns in a season. And he's played 15 games in two seasons, 13. So 43 total total games played. He's had eight touchdowns. Uh, That's that's not good. Last year it was down to one. Um, So they really weren't looking for him in the red zone at all. Um, Eight career touchdowns in 43 games. So that's not great. His catch rate uh, went down from 64.4 to 59.4 last year. Uh, I mean, there's I, I I get it. There was a lot working against them with Jay Cutler kind of being in that offense, but I just don't see Parker as having that that ceiling. We've seen three years of what he can do now, and I'm not sold that he's anything more than a uh, you know a wide receiver four really on on most teams. So uh, that's that's kind of my take with Devontae Parker and where I'm at with him. So uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. I love your Nelson Aguilar take. Um. Devonte Parker, Devonte Parker. I man, I'm honestly like where I'm at right now is I'm gonna give him one more year. I'm not selling yet. I'm gonna hold tight, and I there's enough upside remaining to where I am just gonna keep him and find out and see what happens. And with Tannehill coming back, I mean he's not anything to write home about, but he's better than. Jay Cutler in this at this point in his career probably, uh, and they lost Landry, so there's a significant amount of targets available. So I mean, you can you can paint the picture in which Devonte Parker has a breakout year. Um, I'm I'm gonna give him one more year. I don't think right like you're. I mean, we're talking ninth round. Like, man, you know, you're not at a point where you're gonna lose out a whole bunch by waiting a year in my opinion as far as a, a value perspective like he's not gonna he's gonna have at a minimum he's gonna have what like a 700 yard season and that's gonna be disappointing but he's still even 12 months from now if that happens you can still probably sell him at you know 10th or 11th round value so I'm, I, I don't know man I just I think the upside is is there enough to where I'm gonna keep him for a little bit longer and and kind of hope for the best as a as opposed to kind of selling low at this point yeah agreed (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know yeah i don't have cool i don't know (laughs) so yeah i think we're in agreement that for the most part this super flex 2qb adp is a little off i mean the quarterbacks are just kind of going way too late There are a few other flaws that we found, and uh, hopefully this is helpful to you going into your startup draft in our second volume of Hack Yo Draft. We'll have to do a little bit more of this as uh, startup season continues, 
But for now, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And as we do that, as always, we're going to ask you for the same old favor. If you if you would, first of all, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And then if you listen on iTunes, if you could give us a rating and a review, we would really appreciate that. That helps us to expand our reach, get out to more listeners, and it helps us to be able to really zero in on the topics that are going to be the most useful to you, the listeners. And in the vein of listener interaction, also send us your trades at Superflex Show. We're no longer associated with at Superflex Pod or at Superflex Trades on Twitter. We just have the, the account at Superflex Show. That's the account for the podcast. And we also take your Superflex Trades. And they don't even have to be Superflex. We'll take any format so that we can retweet them, get you more comments and more votes and even analyze them sometimes here on the podcast. And uh, it's probably due for one of those before too long. And while you're at it, you could also follow Travis. He's at TravisNFL. James at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at SuperFlexDude. Thank you to the rest of the, the DLF family of podcasts. It's been such an honor to be a part of this so far. And we're just getting started and we're having a lot of fun with those dudes. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to every last one of you for listening. You're all so beautiful. And until next week, bye. Bye.